Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction of any kind or those searching for a better way to live. Rich and Susan Kallenberg found freedom from drug addiction and alcoholism over two decades ago. In the series, The Temple of the Mind, Part 2, they examine motives, our tendencies to judge others, and the dangers that lie ahead for God's people so all can have prepared hearts and minds to be the temple of His Holy Spirit. Take every thought captive now on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose and our series, The Temple of the Mind, Part 2. And this is program number 25. If thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. That's Matthew 6, 22. And we're going to dive into this text and see exactly what it means. And I jotted some notes down that Susan doesn't know about during the music. So um, I'm going to surprise her with something. Oh, uh, no. So before... <laughs> That's always a, kind of a little bit of a warning. Yeah. So what we'll do here is we'll... Would we would you pray for us, Susan, yes. and then we'll get going? Our loving Father in heaven, we just want to reach out to you right now to ask for your spirit that it would help us to understand the things that uh, we read and um, help our minds to be understand and know more about your ways and your principles that you've set up um, your kingdom on, that we want to be a part of that kingdom. So we pray that you will help us to learn more and not just learn, but to become more like the child of God that you desire us to be. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the Temple of the Mind, part two, and this is uh, what we're dealing with here. If you've been listening to the series Temple of the Mind, part one, uh, what we're dealing with here is the mind, especially in these latter days, how important character is and how important it, it, it is um, to advance God's kingdom by having, uh, as Jesus says, if thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. What we're talking about here is, is a, a singleness of purpose, if you will. And so what I kind of jotted down before the because I, I was I was thinking He's about got a, smi- a little uh, oh because it it is all it's kind of funny okay it's not I I was thinking about my brain and Susan's brain oh. and Susan's brain's like a bee going to different flowers <laughs> right and like she's but just running you, around like and a bee a, has one or purpose chicken with a head cut well, off well no no yeah. no 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 it's like a bee going to it has one purpose. But it goes all over the place, mm-hmm. and I'm like a dog digging for a mole. You know, you cannot get him away from that hole. Right. You can, he's got, he's got one. So there's he's two. He's gonna dig till he finds it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's 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 a like Susan's brain can do a whole bunch of different things to make the house better, but it's a, one purpose. Right. You know, but she'll like 
She'll be doing laundry. She'll be doing this. She'll be doing that. And she'll be going all over. And, and, you know, my brain doesn't work that way. My brain says, I've got one task here. I'm going to get it done. Then I'm going to go to this task and I'm going to get it done. And she's doing them all at once. But there's there's still singleness of purpose. And that's so our characters are not as they're so, all different. Characters right. are different, but we can still have one purpose. Right. So what you're what you're saying is is that as we look amongst um, the world and people who believe in God, we are all going to be completely different. Yeah, we're all going to have that singleness of purpose. Right. But it's going to look different. Right. And that's the because beauty. Because everybody has a different character yeah. and a different mind. Yeah, and different mind, and and how they serve God is different. Right. And that's been, I think, the big downfall with some religion is the, this template that they're constantly trying to fit everybody into. Everybody go out and hang door knockers on. Everybody go out and do this. Everybody go out and do this, and we're going to have this at this time, I, which is fine, but th- that there are a lot of things that people do different to serve God that they do better when they do it when it's in their wheelhouse. Right. You know, and Agreed. I mean, I just, I, I, like, I see the difference between a bee and a dog well, because, digging, you know, the dog digging for something and the bee going all over them, but they, they have one purpose. Right. You know, they're fulfilling their purpose. Right. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, is that God desires us to be a human being, not a robot. Not a human doing. Right. Not a human, a human being. Do, a human being where we um, do and act according to our individuality. Yeah. And you have to be good. In order to do good. Right. You have to have that selfless mindset in order to do good. Right. So I think from our own personal experience, we can say, you know, there was a time that we did what we did because that's what it, what was expected mm-hmm. for us to do. And I don't think that, um, I think sometimes God's purposes can get stifled. You know, we have a lot of people that contact us when they're family members or their children or aunts or uncles who are struggling with drugs and alcohol. And, um, you know, we tell them that, um, you know, they're the ones that are going to have to make the move because a lot of times as enablers that some Mm -hmm. of us are can interfere, I think, with um, uh, God's methods of trying to reach people. Well, yeah. I mean, when did you get clean and sober? When I was in jail the last time. And it was a horrible experience for you, but it was also the best day of your life. Exactly. Going into it, it was. And and even while I was there, it was. But once I that woman prayed with me and I had that whatever it was. That moment of clarity. That moment of clarity. It was like a rebirth. Um, everything became different from that point on mm-hmm. when I was in jail. Everything was for that purpose. That of purpose. Putting away the old. Getting well. And and right and and learning how to become, you know, a different person. Yeah, a mature adult person interested in getting well instead of interested in killing oneself. Absolutely. Because that's what or, we did. Or we fighting tried, everything. Yes, we, and we we fought everything, and we tried to kill ourselves to live. Um, and so this whole thing about Jesus saying one purpose, if thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. In other words, if you have one purpose, this is the key. And of course, that purpose is allowing God to work in our life. Wholehearted devotion to God is what Jesus is talking about here. This is what the Apostle Paul is saying when he writes, though this one thing I do, 
forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I might win Christ. That's Philippians 3, 13, 14, and 8. So uh, it's so important to understand that it's the direction that we're headed is what is important. Mm -hmm. Were you not marching in Satan's army for him for a while? For a while, yeah. right, for a long time. So, you know, in reality, you never bump into him when you're going the same way he is. Right. He, he doesn't... He doesn't. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. Um, but then once you turn around, he tries to prevent you from doing, from holding true to that singleness of purpose. And so I think not only does he stop someone who's just turned around, I think as we walk our daily walk with God, that... You know, Satan is after everybody, you know, not just people who have made that um, that life change that's so drastic you can see it, but that's Satan's goal is to gather as many of God's children as he possibly can to bring him, bring them with him. Mm-hmm. To, to stop that signal as right. that to purpose. Put him, exactly. Put him in bondage. And I think we're going to talk about it because when the evil is blinded by the love of self, and that's everybody's problem, then there's only darkness. If your eye is evil, your whole body will be full of darkness. It was this fearful darkness that wrapped the Jews in in stubborn unbelief, making it impossible for them to appreciate the character and mission of the one who came to save them from their sins. And I see in the world today, you know, you were talking about character and how important character is. You know, it's always been important, but it seems like now everything has been amplified mm-hmm. on every everything in our lives, right? And so that darkness is continuing to be amplified. Uh, yeah, I agree. You know, and of course, now we're we're siloing people. We're creating groups and more groups. And right. then one group doesn't get along with this group. Then we need to legislate the way that this group interacts with that group. And it just becomes more and more um, disconnected. Disconnected. Broken apart. Broken apart. And, you know, there is, in, 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 in Christ's world, there is no us versus them. Right. We're all one family. Exactly. We all have the same blood flowing through our veins. And, of course, in God's family, there is one person, purpose. Um, but this, nowadays we have, because, it, like you said, if, if we're blinded by the love of self, I was just thinking all the distractions that we have that, to get us off of our singleness of purpose. You know, I can have this. How, you like Amazon, right? I refuse to answer oh, on the grounds that I'm being Well, I mean, you know, but I mean, we can have anything we want at our fingertips at any time, right? right? Yes. We can do pretty much anything we want right. at any time. Um, and if we don't feel like, then that's my Achilles heel. You know, as I get older, I don't feel like doing a lot of things. And it's, so it's a really um, easy just to not do to isolate to to isolate and and not fulfill that purpose and so we see so like so what you're saying is is that that 
that's against God's purposes mm-hmm. at and, times. At times, yeah. yeah. And the Bible says there are par- this, these are perilous times. Even though it's times of plenty, right? they are perilous times because of the temptations and the distractions and everything that takes us off the path of fulfilling that purpose. Right, because it's geared towards self. Self. Self-reliance, self-fulfillment, self-grandization. Everything is centered in self, and that's exactly how Satan can pull us away from God. Exactly, exactly. Everything grounded in self. Especially if we're pushing down other people or pushing other people out of the way to get whatever that is that's fulfilling self. That's kind of a—it seems like that's kind of the— the prevailing mindset is 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 uh, kind of gaining traction. Mm-hmm. Is is we're all climbing to the top, but we're climbing over other people right. to get there. You know, right. if people are an object to you and an obstacle that are in your way of getting what you want, uh, you ought to inquire, right? Because that's not what people are for. That's right. And um, another big thing that we face is temptation, and when we begin to yield to temptation it begins permitting the mind to waver, to be inconsistent in our trust of God. If we don't choose to give ourselves fully to God, then we are in darkness. When we make any reverse, we are leaving our door open, which Satan can enter to lead us astray by his temptations. Okay, and the devil knows that if he can obscure our vision so that the eye of faith cannot see God, there will be no... um, barrier against sin. And let's talk a little bit about the eyesight because the uh, the holy the spirit of God in each person the spirit is your spiritual eye. In other words, there's spiritual vision and then there's physical vision. Okay. Okay? You can either be far-sighted in other words, you don't care about anything, no compassion, whatever, or nearsighted, only thinking of oneself. The spiritual vision, that's your conscience. Right. And it's, that's your spiritual eye, and that can become damaged just like your physical eye. Right. So I wear glasses or contacts, and Rich does, I think, to drive or to, for your no, computer? No, I, I wear them for the computer, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And oh, that, well, then that reminds me, because I, I had to go get my license the other day, the DMV. Yes. Uh, Department of Motor Vehicles here in California. Uh-huh. And it's interesting, because what they do is they give you an eye test. Now, why would they give you an eye test? When you're applying for a driver's license? When you're license. applying for a driver's license, especially an old guy like me. <laughs> they want to make sure that you are you can see where, okay, what's going on. Okay, why do they want to make sure that I can see? So that you're safe on the road. It's one of the— So that I don't harm people, right? right? And just like being out on the road, having eyesight not good enough to drive can harm people. You can go around bumping into things yeah. and running people over. Well, having a, a, a damaged con- conscience— a far-sighted conscience or a near-sighted car- conscience, we can also go through life spiritually damaging people because our spiritual eyesight can be damaged. It can be uh, like in the story of Pharaoh when God kept trying to get his attention to show him that his gods were worthless, and all it did was harden Pharaoh's heart. Mm-hmm. All it did was sear Pharaoh's conscience, right. damage Pharaoh's spiritual eye right. to where he could no longer see God nor anyone else in his community. Right. 
and it damaged him so bad he became beyond repair. So I guess that's what's happening in each individual life. I think that God presents his principles and his ways, and then we make a choice as to whether we're going to go with that or we're going to reject that. So mm-hmm. it's I, when you were talking, I was thinking about at the Last Supper mm-hmm. when um, Peter and Judas, right, Judas had had um, had already made plans to betray Jesus, but Peter also was going to betray. But he Jesus. didn't know it, right? He was bragging about how he wasn't going exactly. To. So that you've got these two apostles, and they're both going to betray the King of the Universe. But because of Jesus's action towards them, it changed their hearts or it sealed their conscience. Is that true? Yeah. Well, and you look at he washed he washed both their feet. Right. 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 And he probably looked at him with the same um, face, the same loving, you know, loving kind. kind, gentle face, and it affected them differently. Right. It affected them differently. In fact, remember when Jesus told Peter, get behind me, Satan? Mm-hmm. Because Peter at that time said, no God of mine is going to hang on a cross. Right. And Peter and Jesus says, "Get behind me, Satan! Yes, I will." Mm-hmm. And see, and I think you know this is just my opinion. I think that Judas was trying to get Jesus to do something other than what Jesus was going to do. He wanted to force him into military action against the Romans. Right. So because he was in darkness, he was in darkness. He said, "He said, Jesus, we need you to take control of our environment, of this world, right, so that we can be in our rightful place as the rulers." Right. And God is saying, "I'm going to give my life to show, you know, everybody that." Um, this is how my world operates. This is how heaven operates. Exactly. It gives, it sacrifices. It doesn't crawl over other people to sit on top. It gives in order that other people can win. Exactly. It, or, you know, exactly. Not win, but yeah. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about the 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 deck the other night as well. We had some coons come on the deck. Um, and coons love the darkness. They come out at night, right? Yes. Um, and we were talking about that and then you know, we have we have this one cat that that comes out and he comes he's a walk on and he comes he comes late and we we feed he him comes in the dark he comes in the mostly. dark at mo- yeah. yeah at dusk and then he eats but he eats looking over his shoulder because he knows the coons are coming and when the coons come uh if i turn the porch light on it freaks them out why because they live in darkness and they like to live in the darkness and it kind of hurts their eyes right and we were talking right before the program about all of the weird things that happen in the darkness. What ended up on the back porch? A headless rat. A headless rat. Not on so, the back porch, but on the back deck. On the outside, back deck. Thank yeah. goodness. So something happened that night. Yeah, that one of the cats you, brought. Yeah, to, and, and a lot of weird things happen on wildlife right. cameras in well, the dark, you know? Well, and you know, you and I, who used to be creatures of the dark because mm-hmm. of our actions and our decisions, um, you know, we, we too hid in the light and you know hid in the dark you mean yeah no we were hidden during daytime hours and came out at night yeah we did yeah we came out at night and you know caused havoc yeah wreaked havoc and so just like you're saying the same law that is in the spiritual is as in the natural world Mm -hmm. he who abides in darkness will at last lose the power of vision he is shut in by a deeper than midnight blackness and to him the brightness noonday sun will bring no light 
He walks in darkness and knows not where he goes because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Yeah, I mean, that's First John two. Yes, I mean, have you ever walked out in from pitch black and had bright light? I mean, it just it blinds you. Right. It just it damages you. And and the other thing too is is our sinful desires. You know, we're in this as Paul says that we're in this tent. We're in this this carnal nature, but our sinful desires are self-delusionary. <laughs> Every indulgence of, of the desires that we have from the carnal nature, it, it, it strengthens our, believe it or not, it strengthens our hatred towards God. In following the path of selfishness, we are compromised by the shadows of, of evil, and every step leads into darker and darker and darker areas, and it increases that blindness, if you want to, of, of the heart. Uh, right. And and through, as we persistently cherish evil, we will disregard the pleadings of di- divine love, because um, self-love is not part of God's principles and kingdom. Um, and we will lose the love for good. The desire for God, the very capacity to receive the light of heaven will be diminished. Mm-hmm. The invitation of mercy is still full of love. The light is shining as brightly as when it first dawned upon his soul, but the voice shall fall on deaf ears and light on blinded eyes. Now, that is not what I want to be. Yeah, be, well, and, and just remember, if we, we don't get anything out of today's message, at least this, no person is ever finally deserted of God, given up to his own ways, so long as there is any hope for his salvation. Man turns from God not God from man. Our Heavenly Father follows us with appeals and warnings and assurances of compassion until further opportunities and privileges would be only in vain. That's the God we serve. He will chase you. He will follow you into prison. He will follow you uh, wherever, you, wherever may go. you may go, and he will plead with you. That's the God that we serve. Right, and the responsibility and the choice is ours. It's right. And as we resist the Spirit of God, then we will—it it builds up that callousness to be able to resist it again and again and again. The cataract on the eye. Right. The, the, the seared conscience of Pharaoh, the seared conscience of, of Judas, the seared conscience of Saul, and you watch— right. As, as God has gone through and worked with these people and treated, I mean, he washed Judas's feet. Right. Is, has he washed your, how many times has he washed your feet? Oh, my word. Mm-hmm. You know, and here we go. And we go marching on our own way, on our own agenda, and we'll do God's will as long as it fits in our agenda. Right. You know, and, and this is, in this comfortable society, mm-hmm. this is the biggest and the hardest temptation of them all is I will do God's will as long as it fits in my agenda. Right. And I've noticed that about myself. I don't want to go out of my comfort zone. Um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I've have my agenda to fill, f- fulfill. And, and this, I, I don't know folks, but I, I personally think this is a hard one. It's the apathy that yeah. can creep in. That can, yeah. That can creep right. in. Uh, there's so much else to do. Right. There is so much else to do. Right. And, of course, coming from that darkness and knowing God is very gracious and allowing a little more light and a little more light and a little more light, uh, he won't douse you in it all because, uh, you know, a lot of times that light, most of the time, that light is going to show you 
how farsighted or nearsighted you are. Right. I'm just grateful that he doesn't give up on us. He doesn't give up right. on us. And when he does show us our faults, he doesn't show them all at once. Right. He shines a little. And if we live up to that light, he will shine more light. Right. That's that's who he is. That's how he operates. He won't, he won't drown us in light. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in order to receive more light, we must live up to the light that he gives us. Right. And I think with all the distractions and all of our selfish propensities, that is where the real temptation is in life right now, mm-hmm. you know, is, is, is holding on to and, 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 and bathing in the light that he already gives you and so that, so that when more comes, you're, you're able to embrace it. Right. Yeah. Well, we're getting really near the end of the program. Um, so I'm thinking right now we're going to offer up our website, www.justasiamministries.com. And we have resources. They're free. And all of these radio programs are also available on the website as well. Mm-hmm. They're all there. So, yes. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Our Father who art in heaven Thank you for listening to The Temple of the Mind, Part 2 on Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. Thank you for listening, and remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Power